What the hell's the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. This is my baby. And these two were just along riding my carpet, my carpet tail. Kevin Sherrington. I did not choose the dance life. It chose me. Barry Horn. You know what my intention is? When's the last time that anybody has ever asked you a question? No one's ever asked me a question. I'm married. Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Balls. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we're going to talk about the Cowboys. And I'm Barry Horn. To hear our other exciting additions, simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the Cowboys Ballsy with a Z podcast. You know, isn't that false advertising? We have Evan all over the intro, and he's not even here. You know, that's the best part about this Ballsy <laughs> podcast is that Evan is not here. We're not all three crammed back here. This is our second Facebook Live appearance. We hope you're enjoying this and you're getting the most out of it. Make sure that if you see something on here that really uh, piques your interest, something that really bugs you, that you send us a question, and we'll try to answer these questions. How will for we you answer the questions? We we don't. We're not. We're not. Hit. You get, you put it on Facebook. You oh, okay. Facebook? I'm going to give this to you. I'm putting. I'm you gonna make me in charge. Ah. Yes. Oh my gosh. We'll figure it out somehow. Anyway, we have with us on the phone today John Machoda, Johnny Matches, as we as we know him, who covers the Cowboys for us for the Dallas Morning News and and uh, uh, SportsDayDFW.com. John, are you there? I am here. John, you were uh, you did not actually go to Cleveland, and that's a good thing for you uh, yesterday. But you uh, were obviously watching the game with the rest of us. But more important, importantly, he watch he is every day out there in the locker room and and knows what's going on with this team. He is our he is our uh, eyes our and ears. Throw. He's our eyes and ears at the star. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. So, John, first of all, your your impressions of the game yesterday. Uh, how long did it take you to determine that the Cowboys were going to win that game? Really, just that first drive when Dak went four for four, marched him right down the field. I think he had it's like a little over forty passing yards. And then uh, when I saw Jason Witten that wide open, something I haven't seen in I feel like a decade, uh, I knew that this Browns team um, not only is bad but could be historically bad. I'm originally from Detroit, and I watched that 2008 Lions team pretty close. And uh, this Browns team is on that level of that, going potentially 0 and 16. That that team was 0 and 16, correct? And who coached that team? Who's the head Rod coach? Rod Marinelli coached that team. It's it's interesting. My brother and I uh, both grew up Lions fans, and we thought it would I'm be sorry. funny. We got free tickets. So yeah, exactly. So well, we just saw that the Cubs won a World Series. So I guess there's anything possible, but. Uh, we got free tickets, never had been to Lambeau, and uh, so we actually went to the 16th loss. So we were actually there for Rod Marinelli's last game as uh, as head coach. Uh, and they lost all 16 games, and I'm telling you, this Browns team reminds me a lot of that. Do you remind Rod Marinelli of that? You know what? I've never actually brought that up to him. That's a pretty uh, smart idea. Good know, idea. We get, we, we get him every week. Uh, every Thursday we get the coordinators. And uh, I thought about it. I thought about throwing a question out to him uh, along those lines. Uh, but then I thought better of it, and I didn't think I'd get much reaction off of it. Just judging by previous times he's been asked about that team and, and previous failures, um, I just thought it was better. I probably wouldn't get much out of it. Yeah, probably not. Of course, the offensive coordinator wasn't uh, – his record wasn't terrific as a head coach either, was it? 
Scott Linehan's record. It was not. No, it was it, not. It was not, no. You know, there's a big difference between, and, and I think that's a great point, there's a big difference between being a coordinator. I made a great point? No. Oh. But being really good at it and being a head coach. That is not a, a natural transition to me uh, that, that we get that kind of thing. And Rod Marinelli is doing a fabulous job as a defensive coordinator of the Cowboys. And I think that what we're seeing here uh, is a lot like 2014. I, I know that, uh, that Tim Callishaw – Wrote in his column for the Dallas Morning News today that uh, this team is this is better than that 2014 team. I guess we'll we'll see. Uh, you know, uh, I, I would think it it may be, but the but what what we're seeing here, I, I think, is is really something building towards that same kind of finish. Maybe the maybe the postseason will be a little more successful. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe that lasts a little bit longer. So uh, some of the points brought up during the broadcast uh, of that game, John, I wanted to ask you about uh, when we were talking about. Uh, the reception for uh, Dak Prescott in the locker room. How much? What is the percentage that this team is behind Dak as the starter? One hundred percent. One hundred. There's not. I don't think there's anybody in the in the locker room that uh, thinks that. Uh, you know, I mean, I shouldn't say one hundred because there is Jason Witten. So I will say Jason Witten. He views Tony Romo as one of the elite of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, if you ask Witten in the locker room, if if Romo's on the level of a Tom Brady or Peyton Manning, uh, he'd probably say he is. They're very, very close. So I think maybe, so I'm going to put it at uh, maybe 95%. So I'll, I'll, I'll account for Jason Witten there. But even with the way that they're playing right now, uh, Jason Witten's not going to be upset if they stick with Dak Prescott. John, let's do a little math. If there are how many players on the roster? I was hoping you guys would do that for me. No, because <laughs> because 5% is, 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 much too, is much too high. I think it would be... Is it too high? 53%. Yeah. I mean, no, 53, 53 players. players oh, right. One out of 53, that's less than 2%. So, okay, so yeah, 38%. Yeah, and I, I got to tell you, from the things that we've heard Jason Witten say, uh, I, I think he feels bad for Tony, and, and I don't think there's anybody who doesn't feel bad for him. Why are you making faces? Because he's the ultimate team player. He would do anything they ask him to do. He, he, no, I, I think it goes way past. Can you let me finish no, what I'm going to say? No. I, I'm not Sharon Horn. You cannot be making faces at me when I, before I finish what I'm going to say. He's a good soldier. He would not. Go no, of course he's a good. So no, what I'm saying is, is I think even he thinks in his heart of hearts because of what the way he has said things. No, I'm all in board with Dak being the quarterback. You know, I don't think he has a well, problem I, with it. And I, I can I will say this. I've said this to uh, a couple of folks around the star, and I really do believe this. Um, the folk, the, the people that believe that Jason Witten won't be fine with Tony Roman not being the starter, I think it'll be much easier for him to deal with that than the fact of having Greg Hardy on the team last year. Oh, that's a great point. Of what what his background is uh, with experiencing domestic violence in his life growing up as a child, it would have been it's way tougher for Jason Witten to have Greg Hardy as a teammate than for the team to be winning with Dak Prescott as the quarterback and his best friend be the backup. Can I ask a question? Oh, go ahead. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, I want to ask about Dez. I, I, if I watched the game and and the broadcasters before the game were all over Dez, during the game were all over Dez, post game were all over Dez. It's you know Dez is all all for himself. Dez is uh, not n- not a good team player. Dez is, is in Dak's ear. Um, you see Dez every day. G- give me your evaluation of, of the Dez Bryant circa 2016. I think the perception of Dez Bryant is a lot different than what the folks around him on a daily basis see of him. Uh, being around him for the last. Four plus years here, I can say that he's a way different guy. He's a much more mature guy behind the scenes. 
uh, one example I would give of that is just the fact of uh, we there were times a couple years ago where, and even last year, where we barely even seen Des Bryant in the locker room. I mean, he'd come in, but I mean, he wouldn't really care to talk to too many reporters. He kind of kept to himself, and, and unless there was something about him that was negative that was out there, and, and he would go off. And I mean, you guys, he liked talking to Barry. Up. No, he did well, not. Yeah, yeah, he, he liked, liked screaming at Barry. Barry actually, I yeah, I remember. I remember that. Uh, I will say this, Barry. I was there that day when he when he got upset with you. Yeah, so and, was I. And I, I, I didn't I, ask a I, que- I didn't even ask a question yet, and he hey, was upset with me. I, I'll be I'll be honest with you. I don't see that same Des Bryant. If you if you if you came to the the star today, he's just way different. He's he's at his locker every day. He's just hanging out, talking to every reporter that comes. I mean, he's he's obviously had some uh, back and forth with some some guys over the years that. Um, I mean, John Jock Taylor. I mean, he's gotten into it with Jack multiple times. Jack goes to his locker all the time and can talk to him. It's not like Des is, is, I don't know, he just seems a lot more laid back and he seems more accepting of, I'll do whatever it takes to win. So he's and a, I know I watched the. Oh, go on. He's okay. He caught one pass yesterday. It was in the second half. He, was, he didn't have a catch in the first half. He caught one pass. I think he had four. They threw the ball at him four times or whatever. And after the game, he's, he's just. One for all, all for one with the Cowboys. Is that what you're saying? That's how he's been all season. Now it obviously helps winning. When you're seven and one, uh, it's easier to be that way than if you were three and four uh, going into this game. And then you don't, you're not getting anything, you know, thrown your way. And you think that you can make a difference. Then I think you might see a little bit of a different Des Bryant. But Des Bryant has kind of been the ringleader of, of explaining to everybody in the media about how special the dynamic is with this team, with Dak, with Zeke, and how everyone's kind of fit together and how. Uh, close they are not only on the field but off the field um so it's just a different des Bryant than i've seen in the past so i will say i you know i'm watching that broadcast and and i you know they were critical of him early in the game uh not running that route hard and, and i think he'd be the first to tell you that he messed up on that play you saw jason garrett kind of get into him on, on that um but in terms of you know I, I think he's just an easy guy to to uh, he draws attention to himself because he's going to get angry with the with the official when he feels like he's being held and so everyone sees that, and he's just an emotional guy, so he's going to draw the attention to him. There's not a lot of guys like this on that team. Well, you know, the camera's always that, on him. Really, the well, camera's always on him because who is really the camera going to be on on the defense? There's really nobody. And then on offense, it's pretty much Dak, Zeke, and, and Dez. I mean, it's, it's kind of the same thing every single week, especially as they keep winning. It's like the same key guys that you continue to talk about. I, well, I would say that uh, and, and after we heard um, Dez say, that Dak pulled him aside and and talked to him and told him you know basically quit complaining about the officiating let's go uh, and and Des said that's what you got to hear and I thought that really oh, said hey. a lot about Des that he would say that I think it says a lot about Dak too well sure it does it says, it it says does. a lot about it both does. of them yeah it does and there was a play uh, during training camp I mean this was like one of the last practices they had it was the second his second part of the of the day I mean guys it's the practice is getting over, just kind of a walk through it. They're just going through situational drills, and uh, they were going through two minutes and on a play where they're just going against air. They're not. There's no defense out there, and Dak throws a ball to to Des near the sideline, and Des didn't get out of bounds right away. He tried to cut it up field, and and Dak was the first one to tell him like we can't do that. Like when the defense is on the field, you're not going to be able to do that. You get tackled in bounds in the, in that particular situation. They had no more timeouts left the clock would have just ran out. But he was the first one to grab Des aside and tell him that. And, and 
and, and explain like we can't. I mean, I know that you want to score on every play, but you know, in this situation, you can't do that. But he, and, he, uh, and he, after after that happened, Daz was very complimentary of him as well. But here's something also that's different uh, this year, last year than in years past. Daz has his money now, and yeah. That, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, sure, that's no, I'm sure it's a factor. I'm sure it's a factor. I, I just factor. it's a big factor. Uh, well, yeah. I'm telling you though, even with the even with the money though, it would not matter if they were if they only had three wins right now and nobody was throwing the ball to him. I don't think you would see him uh, being in as good of a mood as he has been. The winning is is a big part of it, and then yeah, the the money and having that that taking care of off the field that obviously factors in. But I don't think that he'd be like this if they were if they were losing, they were struggling, and then he wasn't part of the offense on top of it. Well, now that you've you've ripped the defense effectively, you, you did. You, you said there's nobody worth watching. Who's been the most surprising? Wow. Who has been the most? I, I I think it's fascinating watching Sean Lee uh, out there. You know, just being uh, he's everywhere. He's That's chasing. What he always is. That's he not is. Surprise. But no, no, it's not. But I think it's fascinating to watch. But I want to ask John, uh, who's been the most surprising defensive player to you this season? All right, I, w- I will give you that that player in one second, but I have to touch on that. The reason I said that there isn't a player on the defense worth watching, I'm talking about television cameras. I'm talking about ga- ones that you want to follow, guys that are, uh, you know, make big, uh, like uh, Sean Lee. If he makes a big tackle, a big sack, what does he really do? He doesn't do a dance. He doesn't do anything to really celebrate. He just I, kind I think of you should coach him up on that. You should coach him up on the that. Ca- the, the, cam- the cameras don't care about that. They want somebody that's going to oh, do something. But when, that, he, that when he makes one of when he makes one of his big hits, the cameras like to the cameras like to be there. The, the, I mean, they like to be whatever 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 game it was a couple of games ago when he took out one of the one of his own teammates and he took out the uh, one of the opposing players. That was good TV. That that's fine, but but does how how much on that TV broadcast is Chris Spielman going to talk about how great of a linebacker Sean Lee is? He can do that for a while, but people don't like that. People want the negative. People want. Uh, what what stands out? What's going wrong with what's right now? What, how can we nitpick this this thing? I mean, oh, that's, now what, that's John, what people want. Now John, John, that's what we John, do for a living. John, John you're we're nitpickers. John, you're being negative about the TV coverage. Oh, that's well, that, that's stunning. And, and by the way, how did you? I, I watched that game yesterday, and I could not tell the difference in voices between Spielman and, and and Charles Davis. It really messed me up. And I, why I why like, did they have three guys in the booth anyway? Uh, I think they have too many guys under contract, and they said, okay. Because I thought that Charles Davis was doing all the talking, and then I finally realized, no, 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 Spielman is saying stuff. I just can't tell the difference. You can't tell the difference. It was was really remarkable. You know, my wife, Sharon Horn, who you mentioned earlier, she insists that Joe Buck and Troy Aikman sound alike. No. And I don't think so. That's crazy. But I thought those two guys sounded like, you know. All right. back, back, Back to football. Uh, yeah, the defensive is, player. No, no, hold on. Let me ask you this question about Sean Lee. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, Sean Lee. Is Sean Lee, he's still listed at 238. There's no way he weighs 238. I'd say he weighs 250. What, do, you, can you, do you know what his weight is this year? I don't know what it is exactly, but I would probably agree with you on that. I, don't, I mean, he's not, a, he's not one of those the taller, you know, type Rolando McLean kind of linebackers. Right. So maybe the height hurts him, but... Um, yeah, I'd say two forty-five, two fifty is probably when when McLean comes. When McLean comes back, what when are they going to do? Well, I, I heard Jerry say he might be back. Oh, no, he's not coming back. He's not coming just, back. So, no. John, back to my question: Who's 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 the surprise guy for you? Well, up until this past week, it was Morris Claiborne, but now that now that he's out, I guess I kind of got to give it to Brandon Carr. He's just been solid. Uh, you know, he hasn't had uh, you know the big turnovers or anything like that. Like. You know, everyone was expecting when you pay a guy $50 million. But he's just been consistent. And the thing is, too, with him is just he's always there. 
I feel like the only thing that's going to derail this Cowboys team from making a long playoff run is, is injury. And for, I mean, the luck is part of it, but then also, you know, preparing yourself. And Brandon Carr is just always there. He's always out there. And, and that's been, it stands out with that secondary because that secondary has never really, it's never really all out there together at the same time. There's very few times that you can look back and say, Brandon Carr's been out there with Morris Claiborne, Orlando Skandrick, Barry Church, and Byron Jones. It happens very little. I feel like when that group's out there together, they're a really, they're a really good defense, but it very rarely happens because of injuries. So, I mean, yeah, Brandon Carr is, is stood out to me. And I, I think he's played with so much more confidence this year. You know, you, you, last year you just saw there's so many times that he's not turning around on the ball. He's not, you know, like, like yesterday on the, on the throw in the end zone, the, the Corey Coleman. Oh, look at that. There and, we are. And there we are. We're on TV. Thank you. And, uh, and, and, he, and, he, and he knocks the ball away at the last second. And, you know, I think if that's last year, you know, uh, he doesn't get that, uh, make that play. He wasn't making those kinds of plays. And, and Let me also say this, though. Matt Eberflus. It took over a, a bigger role. He was just linebackers coach last year. This year, he's now the passing game coordinator. He handles that back half. He's handling the linebackers, the DBs, and, and everything in the passing game. And I think that he's a big part of putting these guys in uh, good position to, to be able to make more plays. And I also think you're going to see him as a defensive coordinator in this league in, in the very near future. What, and that was one of my questions. But we had this before about Matt Everfluss because of the the job that the linebackers continually do. It was it was no matter who they were plugging in at linebacker. They were getting good play. So now you're saying that he is having that impact on the secondary as well. He is, yeah. He's that was that was the thing that they looked at last year. That when they didn't have the takeaways that they had the year before, they looked at the coaching staff. They looked at what they were doing and, and said, you know, how can we, you know, update this to, you know, every week I have to do uh, kind of the roster projection. And, and is that a complaint? Fight, yeah, well, just because it's so traditional, and 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 I just don't, I don't really like how traditional. Like this is a typical four-three defense. We have to do it like this. They don't really run a. There's so little in four-three. They're in the nickel and they're in the dime all the time because all these teams spread everybody out. So that's where the passing game is just so much more important. How you're going to defend that? And I don't know if they were up to the, up with the times last year as much as they are now. And uh, I think that's helped Rod Marinelli out a lot because he can still he still runs the defense, but. He's mainly focused on his front, you know, four rushmen, which is his obvious, you know, expertise. So when uh, Ron Leary went out, uh, Gabriel came in. Is that correct? Uh, G- uh, Joe Looney. Oh, oh Gabriel. Gabriel. I don't know. I'm looking at you thinking, where is this coming from? You threw me off there. You threw I, me off. I was like, wait, is there a guy in the Peter team? Gabriel? Like, Peter Gabriel? I don't know. Uh, Gabriel. Gabriel. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so oh, Looney came in. Yeah. If he has to play long term. Uh, that can't be. Good. They never mentioned his name, by the way, on the broadcast. They, they never. They kept showing him standing there, Looney, and Looney. they're talking about other people. They on my said, TV, it said Gabriel. Yeah, know. right. They never said who this guy is. Never. He, he's a he's a solid, you know, rotational guy. I, they're without a doubt much better with Ron Leary, but sure. um, I think they would be solid if if he was in there. I don't think that they would be, you know, where they are right now as you know the best offensive line in football. So. I don't think the the Ron Leary thing. I think he, you know, they they're very precautious with anything that re- relates to a head injury. He went into the concussion protocol. I don't think that this is. I don't know if he actually had a concussion, and this is something that's going to keep him out uh, for a long period of time, though. Which, yeah, if they lost him, it would be it would be a big loss because Ron Leary comes in and, and fills in for Lyle Collins, and it really takes you back to 2014 mm. when Leary was the starter there. They're just uh, as good as Lyle Collins is. I, I think that they're a better. Uh, a little bit better rushing team when when hold it when hold it. out there. I have a bulletin. We have a question. A question. What's the question? Sure. 
what to do with DMAC, which I assume is uh, Darren, Darren McFadden. McFadden. Or, or Gabriel. DMAC Gabriel. Come blow your horn. Ga- so, what, uh, <laughs> and this is from Cade Hargis. Uh, what, what, what are they going to do with McFadden? I, I thought he was going to be activated last week. So, when that didn't happen, I, you know, I really question what they're going to do with him going forward because. I understand the keeping him and not trading him because of exactly it's kind of the exact example we just mentioned with Ron Leary. You know, no one thought Leary was going to be used because they were like, oh, we got this Lyle Collins who's a first round talent. You're not going to need Ron Leary. Well, then Lyle Collins goes down. So I think the same thing. You know, running backs get hurt all the time. Something if Alfred Morris was to go down or Zeke was to go down for a long period of time, you can immediately plug in this guy who was, you know, a top five rusher the year before. But now I'm looking at it, and I'm just not I'm not sure at all what they're going to do with him. I knew that they weren't going to trade him because I, I know they wanted the depth, but I don't know where they go because there isn't really a roster spot for him right now. And the other thing about him is that the elbow injury he had, just the, the way that it is, like after it, it gets surgically repaired, like your arm does not straighten out all the way. So, I mean, I've seen him walking around quite a bit, and it's like he's still, there's a little bit of a bend in his arm. And, you know, it just it's a surgical thing. It's the same way with Dez uh, on, on his uh, index finger that he – he uh, injured, I think it was two years ago, uh, where they thought he was going to be out for the rest of the year. He ended up having a surgery at the end of the year, and his he can't straighten his finger out all the way either. So, I mean, it hasn't really affected him, but I see that with McFadden, and I wonder how much that affects him as a pass catcher and doing some other things. He says that it doesn't. He says that he's, he's good to go. And, 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 and it, same as the Leary situation, I think that McFadden – uh, is one of those people just how Larry felt. If I'm not going to be playing here, then you know, ship me off to another team because I still got gas in the tank. But I don't know. I don't. As, as long as Alfred Morris and, and Zeke stay healthy, I don't see where Darren McFadden fits in. You, you know, I, I wasn't surprised when they when they yanked Zeke. Uh, he basically didn't play in the fourth quarter. Well, I, surprised? This is what they needed to do. They no, no. I said I was not surprised. Well, I know. Okay. Why, why would no, you be but uh, but I was surprised that Dak played as deep as he did into the fourth quarter. I, I didn't have as big a problem with, with Dak playing at that point. He's just basically handing it off. But I, I, to me, the week before, when you drove up the, the – how many carries did he have? Uh, what, 31 carries a week before? Um, Zeke? I, yes, and that's that's too much. And, 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 you know, I thought that they did a good job this week of managing that. No, well, I, I have as, as my fantasy running back. I would have liked so you to hated have, that? I, I would have liked to have seen him score another touchdown. <laughs> yeah. And uh, gone, gone over 100 yards. Sure could have been the, Could have been the difference in my week. I would have had – I'd be much happier today. Yeah, at any po- at any uh, rate, this is this is what they exactly what they needed to do against a team like that. They they got up on this team. They they put their you know feet on their throats, and and that was that. And and then they got the guys out. They they had everybody. They had uh, Tyron Smith. Uh, they pulled him uh, by the end of the game. Uh, they had him. They even got Gavin Escobar into the game. I knew he caught a touchdown pass. Yes, did you see did. that? Yeah, I saw. Did you see how wide open he was. Yeah. By the way, did you see how wide open everybody was when they caught a touchdown? Pretty much. Pass? Pretty much. That was just awful. It was one of those games where you know when the when the Browns went down and they and they got the field goal right away. And I'm thinking, see, this is probably the potential of this team to be to be okay, but they can't sustain it. You know, as soon as something goes wrong, everybody goes in the tank. And and it all goes downhill from that point. You know that that whole that that whole front office they're 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 Harvard numbers people. It's it's a weird, a weird, a weird. They're not doing very good numbers. Fr- that's for sure. A, well, yeah. You see that? The, you see the the stat about their uh, about their first round draft picks and what they've done the last ten years. Yeah, we had a story about that in the paper, which where I'm sure they got. But 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 here but here here's another. How many times did they pass? And of course, how many times did the Cowboys pass? And Dak Prescott. They took two quarterbacks before the Cowboys took Prescott. Is that correct? That's right, John, right? Help me, John. Uh, I think they just took Cody Kessler. 
Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that's right. Is that right? Yeah. Well, you're Some, thinking who, of Johnny Manziel. Who they, who they took him. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, the, the point is a lot of people took quarterback before him. I want to ask you this, John, because when we went into this season, when I found out, I was going to pick the Cowboys to go 10-6. and six. And th- I think 10-6. Oh, let's, and, I'm going to hear this revision. And, and so then when – uh, I'm, I'm Mr. Honest here. And then when Tony Romo went out – Did you write a column about it? Tell us about the column you wrote. That always bothers you. It does. I, I say, Why? Because I wrote I, a column about it. Well, what's the problem with that? I just want to say that I was on the record. Unlike you, I'm just proving that I'm doing something for a living. Unlike you, who's just cruising through your uh, your golden years here at the Dallas Morning News, that's why we have him on this podcast so we get something out of him. Uh, is that uh, I said they go seven and nine? Damn, it's rough. Yeah, it's it's a tough crowd. It, it, it's I said they go seven and nine, uh, and and I remember uh, I asked David Moore. I said if if you know who do you have that? What do you have for the Cowboys? Uh, Tony in. He said eleven and five. I said all right, Tony out. Uh, ten and six. I said so. Tony, Tony Romo was worth one win, and you year. made fun of him. When I you, made fun you of him. Made I, fun, said, I remember sitting here. This and you is, made fun yeah, of this him. is revisionist history. And I'm talking about a story about myself in which I was incorrect. Self, unlike you. Oh, you, the self. We have you, the self-deprecating. Yeah, yeah well, you would. You would never do that. Oh no. So, so, uh, John, what was your pick of the Cowboys? Tony in, and what was it? Tony out. Uh, I was ten and six with Tony. I think I dropped him down to eight and eight without him. And so you were, and so you weren't quite as on board as David was when when you guys were all out there at, at training camp, and you know, y'all were seeing this stuff with Des. Did you were you just thinking he is better than than most rookies would be, and I think he's going to be okay, or were you thinking, man, this guy is something really special? With Dak Prescott, yes. No, didn't think there was anything special at all. There were days that we literally were sitting there, we're like, all right, did he have a better day than Jamil Showers? And there's a lot of people that are changing their tone now about that, but if you were at every one of those training camp practices, every one of those rookie mini camp practices, I mean, that's the time when we get the most, that's the biggest bulk of, of time where we can sit there Another and person. watch what they're actually doing. You can't do that during the season. All they give us is the first, you know, 10, 15 minutes where most of it's just stretching and some individual stuff. So, no, we got to watch all of that, and I never thought that. I thought, I've always thought that Dak Prescott would be at his best in an actual game situation, just from what I saw at Mississippi State, where he could use his feet, move around a little bit, and open things up. And, and I thought there was a chance he was their future franchise quarterback, but I didn't think that would happen for another at least two years, just because I thought the transition from what he did in college to the pros would be different. Um, but the one thing I'll always go back to with Dak Prescott that will always stand out to me was going to the Senior Bowl and sitting, uh, there was like about five of us after the game talking to him, and I you know, I never even thought that they were going to draft him, but I was like, this guy was the MVP of the game. I'll talk to him for a few minutes. He was gonna, and somebody asked him, it was a, a reporter that covers Mississippi State, if he, think, if he thought he could start week one in the NFL. And without a doubt, he said, yeah, no, yeah, I definitely could. I mean, I know it's going to go through a process. And I'm going to have to learn some things and stuff like that. i got to grow as a player. But, I could, yeah, I could start week one. And that's the first time where I was like, oh, man, this guy's confidence is, is way higher than I was expecting. Yeah, but, but you, also thought, you also thought he was nuts, right, when he said that? Yeah, a little bit, yeah, Yeah, just because of going what he did at Mississippi State that just is not – how many quarterbacks have had that transition from running those type of offenses and then going to the NFL and have immediate success? Yeah. And then then when we see him in practice, you know, I mean, he – I didn't didn't think his deep ball accuracy in in, in practice was anything special. And I'm thinking, yeah, this guy is going to be a project. But, you know, there was a chance because of the success he did have in college that, you know, he can use his feet and he can develop. But when he got into into those preseason games – uh, I was blown away with just how uh, he was not phased by anything. And then the biggest thing that stood out to me is that we saw backup quarterbacks play 
uh, last year. Yeah, we did. At a, at a rate that nobody was interested in, in watching that. And one of the biggest things that stood out to me about Dak right away is he got everybody involved. You didn't see that last year with Matt Castle and Brandon Whedon and Kellen Moore. It was a lot of going to the same, you know, couple of guys. And for Kellen Moore, I will say, he didn't really have Des Bryant. And maybe it might have been a little bit different if he did. But when everybody was on the field healthy, Dak got everybody involved. And that's when I first thought, you know, this guy might actually be something special. But even then, I didn't think that he'd lead the team to a 7-1 start. John, you might not know this, but Kevin Sherrington wrote numerous columns uh Advocating that the Cowboys dra- draft a quarterback, quarterback for, yeah. for years, but we have we have another question in the queue here. Who's this from? Uh, this is from Hector Eduardo Campos. Okay, uh, doesn't I don't know where he's from, but and he says, "Do you think the defense will be even better after the suspended players come back?" Now, I, I, it's just Randy Gregory still, right? Is is there anybody else? Well, I think I mean a lot of folks when they ask about the guys coming back, they're referring to. Uh, you have Randy Gregory that's still out. You have Rolando McClain as a possible uh, returnee. And then you have uh, Jalen Smith. Some, just because the Joneses haven't closed the door okay. on his knee firing, I don't see Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith, out of those three, I say is the least likely to contribute this season. I would put, I'd, honestly, I'd probably put it that Rolando is the most likely to, to contribute. And really? I'd have Randy Gregory, yes. And I'd have Randy Gregory second. And I'd have Jalen Smith all right, third. All right. And when I'm saying that, I don't feel strongly about any of them having a major impact. All right, give me the odds on. Uh, you have Jalen Smith. What's the odds on Jalen Smith uh, contributing this year? This year, a million uh, to one. I would never say that much. Uh, I'll say a hundred to one. A hundred? That's 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 it's that's a lot. That, that's a lot. Okay. That's a lot. And then uh, uh, Randy Gregory contributing. What's the odds? I'll say. I'll say fifty to one. All right, I want you to think very carefully before you answer this on Rolando McLean. What? Because this is a head. This is going to be a he- the headline when you say five to one. What's the? He- what are the odds on Rolando McLean contributing? I'll say forty to one. It's a little less than than uh, than Randy. Yeah, it's not, none of them are great. Okay, none, none of them are great. But I'm just saying, if I if you're giving me the, these three guys, I, I would say that. And, and I, I'm, again, I really don't think any three, any of them are going to have a major impact, but if I had to pick one of those, I'd say I'd go with that. All right, let, let me ask you this. Uh, we're, we're talking about the rookies and the job they did. And, I, and, and listen, I'm, this is going to make Barry mad. Are you uh, writing, did you write a column about no, this? No, I, I led my, I led my, notes, <laughs> oh, I led my notes column Sunday with this about the, about the Cowboys draft, and I compared it with the early 90s drafts when the Cowboys built the foundation of those three Super Bowl teams. And Did you like those three Super Bowls? Yeah, and Jerry, and Jerry did. Uh, and John, I realize that you were probably in elementary school when all this happened. But uh, yeah, yes, he was. was. Oh my he God, was. he was. Of course, no. He but was. hey, hey, I will tell you this. I will tell you this. With a terrible Lions team, or a, a just a, you know, a, just a middle of the pack Lions team, those Cowboys were on TV all the time in Detroit. So I got to watch. I got to watch them every Sunday. All right. All right. Well, good for you. So here's <laughs> here's the thing, John. To remember is that I don't, I don't know if you know this, but pretty much. You win based on your drafts. If you're drafting well, you'll win. If you're not drafting well, you'll lose. It's as simple as that in the salary cap era. There's no other way to win. And and so this Cowboys draft, now, look, it's really early. It's, we're halfway through the season. I get it. Things can go wrong. Guys can get hurt. Guys go off the rails. It's the Cowboys. That kind of thing's happen. But it is unbelievable the production they're getting from those top six picks. They've got four guys who are either starring on, or two guys are either starring on this team in Daz and Deck. And Daz? Then Daz, I got that back. Daz, Daz and Deck? Deck and Daz. Got that oh backwards. And, and then you've got Malik Collins, 
playing uh, at a very high level. Uh, you've got Anthony Brown playing at a very high level, and he's been forced to play in the secondary. And then now that doesn't even count Jalen Smith and Charles Tapper, two guys who have not been able to get on the field this year because of injuries. And certainly the feeling is about Jalen Smith is that he was a top-five caliber pick. And, and of course, I, I criticize that. Lots of people criticize that pick because – it was a second rounder. It was a high second rounder. The Cowboys' defense need this kind of – they need an impact player right now. They didn't get that. And yet now, because of the play of the defense, now it looks like if, if Jalen is able to recover from this injury, that he walks in next year, and that's like getting a top five pick in the next year's draft. If, 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 if he can actually walk in. Yes, if all that works out. Have you heard anything about Jalen Smith and about what his uh, – the update on his uh, rehab has been? Yeah, the last update we got from him was about, I don't know, two, three weeks ago. And, you know, it's still waiting on, that knee, on the nerve to fire. He, if you saw him, if you, if you were out of the nerves. facility and you just saw him doing his uh, work, you would think that he's ready to go. There's nothing that you would just walk by and be like, oh, this guy looks like he's injured. I mean, he does all, all the drills that, uh, you know, you'd think that, oh, this guy's pretty close to returning, all the resistance cords and all the other stuff with, with their – athletic trainers but it's it's the knee hasn't completely refired the nerve in, in the knee hasn't and until that does then they're not going to put him out there hey, so hey john we have a cowboy super bowl winning coach uh coming on on our next podcast yes we do barry switzer barry switzer but we'll be talking colleges to him but before we go i want to ask you this cowboys are playing pittsburgh next week at, at pittsburgh correct that's correct all right give me give me your pick in that game for that game i'm actually going to pick the steelers oh my Oh, you le- you're leaving us on a downer note. Are you are you are you yeah. betting on Ben Big Ben coming back strong? He didn't look good yesterday. Uh, I, I he did yeah he he struggled a little bit yesterday. Um, but I do think that judging off their their history, you know, in Pittsburgh, they're just one of the toughest teams to beat on the road. Uh, the other factor in that is just during this winning streak for the Cowboys, they beat a, a good Packers team, or I'll say a solid Packers team. And a good core, great quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. But if you look at the seven and one start, they haven't exactly faced the best quarterbacks. And so I'm very interested to see what they do against Big Ben, what they do against Matt Stafford, and uh, a couple other guys uh, down the stretch here. Yeah, I thought and Cody Kessler was pretty good. <laughs> no, yeah, I think you're, I think yeah. you're exactly right, John. I think that's that's to me the question is is that what happens when they well the two things I thought were questions were what happens when they play a really effective quarterback. And what happens when they play a really good pass rush? Well, we we've seen them against a pretty good pass rush, and and they and they've been okay. But Kevin, I, I've got to stop you because you're the one who told me we can't be late. We can't be late because last time you made us late to talk to Barry Switzer. You insulted Barry Switzer. I said I was the second most oh important Barry gosh. in the room. He misunderstood. You insulted the man, and so we're he gonna mis- have to go. He misunderstood. John, thanks so much for being with us. You're our favorite guest ever. And so, and sorry you had to miss the trip to the Rock and Roll Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. John, he doesn't. Even, I think he hung he, up. He on hung us. up on us, Brian. Unbelievable. You, we have two producers in here now, and and both of you hung up on John. This was this was a lot of fun. I think it was fun. We love the fact that you people came on with us on Facebook Live. We you got a couple people? of questions. That's you people. That's one of the. Oh my gosh, is that buzzword for you? That's a buzzword. That's a ne- you people. It's only a buzzword with with you people. <laughs> you you people. We used to have a boss here. He, he used to. No matter what happened, and, is that Dave and, Smith you're Dave, talking about? Dave Smith. If anything went wrong. He'd go, you people, and it, it was it was like when so, when somebody you stand in front of somebody's uh, locker and they go, the media, and and you're you're just putting this giant, giant, uh, what it, what's the right word, Kevin? I don't know. 
I have no idea what you're talking right, about. Yeah. Giant cluster. Hey, John okay, Machota's John. John, goodbye, John. John, thanks for coming on with us. You're the best. <laughs> All right, man. All right, thanks, John. All right, bye, Kevin. So now we're going we're gonna to pan out of here now. Uh, Brian's going to take us out. All right, Brian? We're going to have our music. This let's, is great. Let's, let's hear the music. Brian Allage, our producer. Tommy Knoll, our, also one of our producers. He's we got here? everybody in here today. Everybody, we'll see you next time. Make sure you come on back. The great Facebook experiment. It'll be better. Thanks for listening to the Cowboys Ballsy with a Z podcast. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see you.